Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In hip-hop, it allows for a lot of uh, raw expression. So everything that people would have wanted to say but could not have said in most other formats, hip-hop breaks those rules and, and allows you to just go on. Welcome to Oxlang, an OPM podcast by the Philippine Daily Inquirer, powered by Puma Podcast. At ako po ang host nyo, si Tina Arceo Dumlao, Business Features Editor ng Inquirer, na mahilig din lang talaga sa music, particularly OPM. In Oxlang, we have featured artists in soul, folk, rock, and pop. And this time, dadako naman tayo sa hip-hop. Ang hip-hop ay isang musical genre na nanggaling sa United States, particularly in New York City. And when I was growing up in the 1980s in high school, ang mga sikat noon ng mga rappers sa US ay Run DMC and Sugar Hill Gang. It was also at the time when hip-hop was starting to expand its presence from the United States to the rest of the world, kasama na rin dito. And when it arrived here, ang mga naging exponent niya ay si Francis Magalona at Andrew E. But since then, of course, hip-hop, like any other genre, has evolved. And ngayon sa panahon na ng anak ko, ang naging sikat na ng hip-hop form ay battle rap. And when it comes to that, one name rises above others. And today in this episode, we're talking to rapper and founder of Flip Top, the biggest battle rap league in the country. Enigma is in the house. In battle rap, two or more MCs use lyrics and punchlines to brag about themselves and diss their opponent. They are judged based on their creativity and flow. With this format, Enigma started Flip Top in 2010. But he was first a fan of hip-hop and rap. In my high school, Ateneo High School, it was literally a handful of um, hip-hop fans or enthusiasts back then. And most everyone were, was into rock music or whatever. Uh, that didn't really resonate with me, so I've always been inclined towards hip-hop like as early as I can remember. I've been active in the scene since 2003. Uh, and I was, I was really young back then. I was like 15 years old. Anyone who was involved in the scene back then knew that it was really a very niche thing in the sense that um, not too many venues would even accept uh, hip-hop events out of fear of trouble or anything. So um, in the streets or in the hoods, they would normally have rap contests, which is an entirely different thing as well. It's just um, whoever has the best song depending on the topic. So sometimes it's... um best religious rap or best political rap, that kind of thing. It was really just a handful of um, crews or groups. And yeah, so by the time 2010 came around, uh, it was really myself um, hoping to see like this thing get bigger and better, um, being aware of the talent pool available and trying to figure out how we could make it happen. 
Anigma and his fellow MCs started organizing battles and soon, people were paying tickets to watch them. Our first event was already mildly successful. So there was around 160 paying customers for the first event. I can't even remember our first ticket. It was probably <laughs> around 150 or 200 pesos, something like that. Pre-pandemic, it really depends on the quality of the lineup. Uh, but our average would be around 450 to as high as 700 pesos. At what point did you think to yourself, I think I'm onto something good here? Well, honestly, I most likely had that feeling from the first event alone because everyone, the atmosphere in the room was really, everyone was buzzing. Everyone was like, wow, like that, that was something new. That's something different. And, and it was, um, obviously it was good. But yeah, uh, I guess maybe by around like the third or fourth event, when all of a sudden people were asking for autographs and pictures, then that's when it was really weird for us because... A lot of us back then, talaga, like, uh, kami ano, hindi, hindi kami pinapansin eh. In fact, the stereotype of hip-hop from around the time I started, from 2003 upwards, was really, ganun, like, a riffraff or jologs, magulo, gangster. A decade later, Flip Top is considered one of the biggest rap battle leagues in the world. We're probably north of 200. Mostly still Tagalog, but given the um, rise of uh, Bisaya rapping MCs, like, there are a lot of phrases and words that are pretty much understood by Tagalog audiences as well. Except, of course, when the, when the Bisaya MC goes straight Bisaya, then, then we're all lost. So <laughs> we haven't had English battles in like six years, maybe. MCs found a home in Flip Top, but Enigma finds that the scene isn't limited to only diehard fans. I think it's really more of just um, kids getting older and getting more and more access to things so there's always like a new influx of fans uh, that they end up preferring different styles of hip-hop um, newer styles of hip-hop but definitely ever since the flip-top era it really drew a lot of outsiders uh, basically non-hip-hop people so a lot of yuppies even like old people people from the provinces even you know fishermen farmers like they they were suddenly exposed to this art form and yeah i'd say with the flip-top era it's, it's been pretty much just increasing every year more and yeah. more non-hip-hop people are able to appreciate without uh, prejudice and without uh, stereotyping. A lot of people, and myself included, would like to think that Flip Top is responsible for like the resurgence or the maybe even like the major acceptance of hip-hop culture in, in the country nowadays. As I said earlier, hip-hop and rap battles started in the United States but Filipinos have found ways to embrace it and make it part of our culture. In hip-hop, you're being a very um, verbally-oriented art form more than every other genre. It allows for a lot of uh, raw expression. So everything that people would have wanted to say but could not have said in most other formats, hip-hop breaks those rules and, and allows you to just go on and, and you can pretty much rant about anything. The Asaran culture is definitely um, inherent in, in Filipinos, so there's that. Given the super diverse culture of the Philippines, from socioeconomic to regional to linguistic, all of that is very well represented, and I think that's such a fitting term for hip-hop. It's really, yeah, representing your walk of life, your brand of humor, your values. In hip-hop, it's such a community thing because its roots are really in um, house parties in New York. It was about getting the community to come down, have a good time, and it evolved from that. 
then the competitive aspect is definitely it's also very hyper competitive and hyper egoistic or egotistic um, art form. Who would you say was the first like a superstar battler that really drew the audience in? Easy answer would be Looney. He was part of the second event, March 2010. So, but Looney, yeah, Looney was those. already a bit of a household name among hip hop people. Yeah, because he started with Francis Magalona. That was before you, right? Yep, yep. I'm much older than you, but but that was the rap I grew up with. But anong tingin mo don yung influence nila Francis Magalona? Because when we think of rap, at least in musical terms, sila yun eh. How would you characterize that? Oh well, they're definitely the pioneers, and if it weren't for them, none of us would be here. It's only difficult to answer in terms of the current transition of eras. There's an entire generation of kids who really don't care. I'm from the era where, like, you had to do your homework. You would be made fun of for not knowing, you know. So they don't have a tradition of really digging or time traveling anymore. So with that said, welcome to your crash course on Filipino hip hop. And these are Enigma's five seminal tracks of the genre that everyone should know. Here's the first one. Yo, Trace, they wanted us to wreck shop on this track, you know. Number one would be um, from one of the oldest English rapping groups, um, Master Plan. Is it time? Give me permission to begin with my mission. Should I go into someone? You know that's my decision. Just because the wisdom I created, the world vision, and the system that I use is integrated like addition. It's English rap, and um, it's a really good doorway. Believe it or not, there's a school of thought that they don't even listen to any English rap. That's a bit weird, uh, and it, and I always feel like it helps to like know the history and the traditions. So Master Plan for its time, they're they're Phil Americans, and their style was very old school and very flowy. A lot of emphasis on stylistics in in the flow and the delivery. And the second essential Pinoy hip-hop song is from someone a lot of us miss dearly. Francis M's Man from Manila, I'd say, would be representative of what became to be known as uh, nationalistic rap. Uh, I selected that song in particular because I really like the flows and the cadences that he delivered on it. This is as opposed to like um, Cold Summer Nights, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's Francis M, but it's not exactly hip hop. So maybe even his other music was really more of like fusion with rock, and what he probably believed was like the more presentable way for hip hop at the time. But it was definitely representative of uh, the Philippines. The lyrics were very nationalistic. It was very accessible to the layman at the time. So you know, even if even if you were um, not into music, if they would hear either Man from Manila or more popularly. Maybe like a mga ko. It's something that they can get behind without knowing the, you know, the history and the musicality of like what hip hop kind of is. Manila, 
And the next one. Number three would be um, Andrew E's Bastos Dao. Definitely one of the pioneers. If not for him, there wouldn't be a Filipino hip hop scene. Really, um, despite like varying and uh, contrasting sentiments nowadays about Andrew E and his camp back then, he's definitely one of the most integral pieces of Filipino hip hop. Not just himself, but um, the record label that he put out back then, Dongala Records, which really represented the street side of hip hop. It's a struggle music. It's a product of uh, inner city struggle from the states so that along with rebel music really like uh, those two sentiments put together were really well represented by the Dongalo records and their self-proclaimed genre of Tagalog rap but I, I particularly love this song Bastos Dao because it was one of the first Filipino rap records that shot back at critics pretty much so you know it's Andrew E uh, building his name with the beginnings of his career and whatever criticism he might have received for his songs And his other songs, especially the more popular ones, were considered novelty rap at the time. But if you were really to dig into the albums, like every song that really didn't make the mainstream, I I would say is like really hip hop as hell, you know, like or or actual rap. Did this song come after Humanap ka ng pangit? Yeah. He wasn't at his peak yet. And, well, he's still peaking up to this day, really. Uh, but, yeah, that, that song was really the first song to, like, fight back at the man. Uh, you guys are criticizing me for this and that, but this is what it is. So, I feel like that should be in, in most people's, like, you know, integral songs. The fourth one also has some choice words for the world around him. Glock 9's Ayoko na sana. That or Isang Araw. Uh, it was really hard to pick between those two. Like Again, <laughs> it was an era where he was already Glock 9, but um, not as as big as he is today. When Glock came around, like it was a noticeable step in evolution in terms of rapping with his rapid-fire style. Although he was already doing that as a member of the underground group Death Threat, who's um, also a pioneer group in Filipino hip-hop history, um, when he broke off and, and did his solo thing. This album and these songs in particular were experimental in terms of musicality, but the rapping was just like, he was really just rapping his ass off. Were there a social commentary too? Because that's where he came from. Um, not so much. It was really like um, when somebody points something out like that to me, I can't really share the sentiment only because I remember Glock from a different time. So he wasn't rapping always for social commentary at the time. A okay. lot of rap is, again, like representative of your background. So it was very biographical 
and flexing in terms of uh, the verbal acrobatics and all of that, the flows, the how many different ways you can rhyme a certain rhyme scheme, that kind of thing. And, and again, introducing himself, like I am Glock9 from Binangon and Rizal, and um, this is my life, this is what I've, I've had to go through, and this is me, and th- these are my dreams. And finally, the fifth of Enigma's recommendations. Before I answer that, would you mind if I just yeah, like ahead. listed off my honorable mentions? Just <laughs> go I, ahead, I, please. I, I didn't want to leave it out there, but um, this first one—the only reason why it was left out—is only because it's it's a lot closer to like modern times than everything else that I named. I feel like the song by Stick Figures, "Ikaw Nga." From their album uh, Critical Condition in 2004, that's definitely like um, another obvious, undeniable step in the evolution of rapping and rhyming. And what Looney and Ron Henley did there, especially in that song, and coupled with the instrumental, which was like super hip hop sounding. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to throw in um, Death Threat, Block's um, former group. They had a really iconic song back then, Ilibing ng Buhay. The hook really is ilibing ng buhay ang mga social as it was a, an anti-social economic sentiment which 98% of our population can relate with really. And it was really supposed to be like um, a jab at all the the more affluent balikbayans that were kind of lording the little hip-hop scene back then. No? Mm-hmm. And then another death threat song that featured um, Francis M. and Ellie Buendia, Private Diane, the vibe of it, definitely like super hip-hop. The lyrics were a mix of uh, verbal dexterity, verbal um, acrobatics, style, different styles. And it was also, I'd say, representative of uh, the sentiments back then when it comes to like the country's struggles. Look for these songs wherever you get your music. Now back to our list. The fifth song that should be in every Pinoy's hip-hop playlist. Number five would be from, um, I'd say these would be the pioneers of the subcategory, if you will, of underground hip-hop. It's by the group Pamilya Di Magiba, Tuelo Sa Puno. When, when you say underground hip-hop, it refers to a more, an inclination towards like more serious topics, like not much clowning around. It was definitely, it's not party hip-hop, it's not club hip-hop, it's not necessarily feel-good hip-hop, though people like me, like I feel good when I listen to that. Now you know Enigma's essential Filipino hip-hop songs. But maybe you're wondering, what does it take to become an MC? 
What do they need in their toolkit? I'd say like do a lot of homework. Like and by homework I mean yeah, like time travel, um listen to these albums, listen to what were what was considered classic albums of each year, of each region, of each style. Because it's not just so much that you know it, but like that you understand the whys of it, of like why does this sound like this as opposed to that, and why did this region sound like that? And why do they rap about different topics and that kind of thing? Next would be pick your favorite songs and rap along. Memorize the lyrics, rap along, and that way you practice your tongue, you practice cadences and rhythm and breath control. Uh, the better you get, keep picking harder and harder songs. Again, I'm from the school of thought that like I, I believe in like improving the sheer aspect of rapping itself, as opposed to nowadays, because um a lot of mainstream hip hop nowadays is like more concerned with like the vibe or the feel. Or of like having fun. It's not so much pushing the limits of the mechanics or pushing the limits of the conceptual aspect anymore. A, a lot of um, mainstream rappers right now they really just focus on making non-hip hop people feel good at a party, which is nothing nothing wrong with that. But I always like to make the distinctions. Your toolkit would require a wide vocabulary as much as possible. You know, familiarizing oneself with like all forms of figurative language, really. And then um, your own style. This was really a big thing back then. Like you would really be like booed out of a venue if you sounded like somebody else. Uniqueness and creativity was much, much more appreciated back then. How about I know curiosity? Do you think they should have that? Uh, yeah, that definitely would help. Even just like how your take would be of a certain everyday thing. No, if I were to try to explain it to like really young kids, you can say in a in a sample rap, there is a man on the corner, but that's not enough. So you keep building on the image, keep building on the story behind it. And if you can throw in many other techniques like um, internal rhyming or multisyllabic rhyming or slant rhyming or um, double timing, triple timing, then you know you build on what was formerly the simple line of "there is a man on the corner." So now, from "there is a man on the corner," you can create an entire world basically from that. And as each rapper built and described their worlds, they created a genre that continues to challenge our perception of how the world is. And how it can change, and the interest in Filipino hip hop continues to grow, as marked by Flip Top's 10th anniversary in 2020. Luckily, they had a celebration just in time before COVID hit. We were able to hold the biggest uh, Filipino hip hop festival right before the pandemic hit. It was a two-day, three-stage event with over 200 artists from all around the country flown in. Including international performers, so it was definitely a big dent in the pocket. And most organizers would be familiar with this, but like your first festival, you'd be lucky to break even. So that, along with the pandemic, definitely made it a bit harder for us. We had to tighten our belts.、Uh, we had a lot of content to upload anyway, but our own running events, we had to stop it for around two months until we just hard-headedly proceeded with our events despite all you know restrictions. Since live events are not allowed, has Flip Top seen a dip in viewership? Our average is still pretty much the same. The viewership is still pretty much the same. We average around on nineteen million views per month. We've had months where we would peak at thirty-two million or something. But when things do get better and everything opens up again, Enigma and the Flip Top crew are ready. The moment we were allowed a venue and and a、uh, sizable crowd, that would definitely change things. Currently, we we do fly in, but just those needed for the tournament, and 
unfortunately, like our Cebu fans and our Davao fans, they really miss us. Pre-pandemic, we average around two events per year in Cebu, in Davao, in in Cavite, Pampanga, and now it's all it's all Metro Manila. So we definitely miss the crowds for sure. Everyone does. There's something in um, witnessing other people witness the spectacle when they see the crowds in our pre-pandemic videos. No, so currently we have two um, one-on-one tournaments running simultaneously. Uh, we have a yearly tournament called the Isaboy tournament. So last year's didn't push through. We made this year and last year's run at the same time. So that's 32 MCs all um, fighting for the top spot. And hopefully the champions of both years might even fight each other next year. When is that? The tournament runs year long. So it's a 16-man ladder match. When's the grand uh, final? The finals usually um, culminate our year-ender event, which is normally a two-day um, spectacle uh, named Ahon. So this year, yeah, b- both finals will be happening around December as well. In case anyone is worried, Enigma says they follow safety protocols, including limiting the number of people in the event. For example, each MC is allowed to bring only one other person. So where do you see it going? Are you um, still optimistic? I'm sure the pandemic and the elections coming provide fodder for rap. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just going to keep getting bigger and better. But at the same time, with every shift of an era, there's always a rift. So there's always a temporal rift no? or like a generation rift between like old school people and new school people. I, I feel like that's also going to keep getting bigger and not necessarily better, but people are just going to keep fighting over that stuff instead of like digging deeper into both sides and then figuring out what you can take away from each, no? I wish they could understand the dedication it took to be hip-hop and having to fight for your place and fight for your voice and fight for something, you know, that, that was so new or so unaccepted. And now being able to see the fruits of the labor, no? I just wish, like, yeah, the younger generation would understand that. Well, credit to you. <laughs> credit to you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and that's it for the second season of Oxlang. Ang Oxlang ay isang podcast ng Philippine Daily Inquirer powered by Puma Podcast. This is our own way of increasing our own appreciation and knowledge of OPM. Thank you to today's guest, Anigma, And thank you to our other guests this season, Jas Nicolasovich Worms and Kat Agarado of Sinusikat. At salamat din sa inyo ang aming mga tagapakinig at tagasubaybay. Once again, I'm your host, Tina Arceo Dumlao. Huwag kalimutang mag-subscribe sa Oxlang on Spotify or wherever you listen and binge on all episodes of Seasons 1 and 2. I-share nyo na rin sa mga kaibigan nyo and please follow Inquirer Podcasts on Facebook and let us know who you want to have on the show. Hanggang sa susunod na season, mabuhay ang OPM! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.